0: Let's pray. Father, we are here today because you are mighty to save. And those of us who've been saved, God, we rejoice that you have forgiven us of all of our sin, that you have reconciled us to yourself through Jesus Christ. God, we just praise you that we are free today, that we are clean today, that we have you living inside of us today. The same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. So, Lord, I pray, too, that as we just sang, that by the end of today, we would all be inspired to be that light. Jesus, you told us, I am the light of the world. And then you said, and you are the light of the world. So, God, would you help us to believe that, to receive that, and live in it today? And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, I'm excited to be with you guys here today. What's it, and one of the things that's really cool is right now, as we're here churches all around the valley are actually celebrating a ministry that started out of K2 the church. And yeah, and it's called Loving Utah. So yeah, yeah, you can give it up for Loving Utah. And um, Loving Utah is a ministry that helps church planters. Okay. And so we're going to, we're going to get to that and we're going to celebrate what God's doing through that ministry at the end of the service today. Um, But here's what's cool. When you receive Christ You realize you do become a part of his body, um, of his church. And so you realize it's not about you anymore. People say, well, my my faith is private. Well, no, it's not. Because if you have faith in Christ, he says, then you love everybody. So it's kind of hard to love everybody if you're private. (laughs) And so when you believe in Jesus, he's actually head over everything. So K2, our local expression, this community is just part of something that's way bigger that's going on, not only here in the whole valley, but in the world. And so we're going to celebrate that today. All right? Now, here's what's interesting. What just happened in that last minute? You know what just happened in that last minute of my quick little intro? 100 million new red blood cells were formed in your body. In that minute, 100 million new red blood cells were just formed. Every minute, 300 million cells die in your body and are reproduced with new cells. You guys have probably heard this. Anywhere between seven and 10 years from now, every cell of your body is going to be new. Like, and that's an amazing thing that God has created because everything, right, everything's created by God. This has all come from him, from the very essence of God. He's telling us something that happens when you're alive. Now, this cell reproduction that happens inside of our bodies, it's also also how we grow, okay? Reading from the research I did this week, cells divide so that living things can grow. When organisms grow, it isn't because cells are getting larger, okay? That's not how you get bigger. Organisms grow because cells are dividing to produce more and more cells. In human bodies, nearly two trillion cells divide every day. So when you're alive, you know what's going on? You're multiplying. If you're breathing today, your body right now is dividing and multiplying itself. And and, and you want it to, right? It's beautiful. Nate Ray and his family are here. I'm going to introduce them later in the service. He's a church planter uh, in the valley. Got the brand new little baby. But I... Yeah, go ahead, hold up, look at that uh... <laughs> but, but, but my guess is 18 years from now, Nate You are hoping you can't just hold her up like this, right? Um, man, we love it when our kids grow, right? We, we put the door out and we notch them every little We want to see kids grow And not just physically We also want to see them mature Right? We want to see their character develop We want to see them become adults Well, here's the deal my guess would be almost every one of us in this room wants to grow spiritually too. We're here because we, our souls thirst for more. We want to grow spiritually. Now here's here's God's plan. His God's plan scripturally is that we would mature and that we would grow. So we are the body of Christ. That's what he calls us. So when I tell you, man, God is always physically in his physical creation He's always showing us something spiritually true. So in my physical body right now, when it's alive, every cell is gonna be multiplying itself. Your life is fully alive when you're multiplying. Because that's what living cells do. The church, K2, in every church, is actually fully alive when it's multiplying. So there's two things, I'm gonna show you in the scripture. That means maturing, okay? We mature, which means we're increasing in Christ-likeness. We're actually becoming, we look more like Christ, more and more, the Bible tells us, ever-increasing, looking like Jesus. That should be happening. We should be multiplying our character like Christ. Secondly, but we're also growing. We increase in numbers. That's what happens when you're alive. So Jesus Christ, we've been teaching through, right, in January, this is eternal life. Jesus is eternal life. So when he comes on the planet, we get to see what life is like. Well, what did he do? God actually showed us how he's going to change the world. He goes, I'm going to hang out with 12 guys. And he poured his life into 12 men. And that's what life does. Is he says, I'm not just going to do this. I'm going to pour my life into others. And then those 12 guys got filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Spirit of Jesus. And then they went... And they started pouring out. This is the book of Acts. When you read the book of Acts, it's really the book of the church. And the church just goes boom, 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 boom. To today, they say there are 2.3 billion Christians on the planet. Now, I don't know how many of them are actually following Jesus, but 2.3 billion started from one holy, eternal life who imparted his life, because he's fully alive, and when you're fully alive you multiply and he put his life into 12 people and then they had that life and then they multiplied and it's multiplied and it's multiplied to 2.3 billion people okay so if you want to be alive today here's our challenge when you're alive you multiply that's how god has created both your body and your soul look at this mark chapter 4 verse 8 so, where Jesus is using the parable and he's saying the seed, the farmer goes out and he throws seed, throws seed around, right? Some of it falls on a rocky path and it just, people, the birds come and take it right away. Others go into rocky soil and the roots don't get deep and it fries out. And, it, he has all, and then there's good soil. Here's what he says about good soil. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and it grew and it produced a crop. Some multiplying Thirty, some 60, and some 100 times. So then he goes on to explain it in verse 20 of chapter 4. He said, others, He's talking because this is actually a spiritual lesson, others, like seeds sown on the good soil, there's some people who actually hear the word, they hear Jesus' teaching, they accept it. In Luke, he says, they retain it. And then in Luke, he says, and by persevering, They produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So when we hear the word of God, which you're going to hear today, and if you actually receive it, and this is why Jesus says this over and over again, he says, if you hear my word and trust it, and then he says, and actually put it into practice. Right? If you actually put it into practice, you're a good, you're a wise person, and your house is going to be built on the rock. But if you hear my words and don't put it into practice, it's, it's foolishness. So, the person who hears the word of God and is good soil and retains it, and as we taught you just a few weeks ago, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. If, ever, if anybody is a true follower of Christ, he says, You're really my disciple. If you hold to my teaching, then you know the truth and the truth sets you free. And so what he's saying in this parable is when you hear my word and you accept it and it gets inside of you, you're going to grow. You're going to increase in Christ likeness, which means you're going to increase in love, which means you're going to increase in the impact that you're going to have in the world. Now, How does this happen? How do we actually come alive though? In John chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus says this, very truly, and this is where he says truly, truly, is actually the Greek. And whenever anybody said that back then, they said, seriously, I know you've been listening to me, now really listen to me, okay? And here's what he says, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds seeds. So the only, it's so weird. So really I say, right, if you're fully alive, then you're going to multiply. If you're alive, you multiply. But the only way you come to life, you guys, right here is you actually have to die. Dead things are the only things that eventually come to life. Dead to what? Dead to sin. And I can't do that. And you can't do that. You can't kill sin inside you. You can't kill the selfish nature inside of you. It's just in you. But Jesus, Jesus is the only one who was sinless. So we're going to celebrate baptisms in two weeks, right? We're going to celebrate baptism. What does that mean? The Bible tells us, don't you know that as soon as you put your faith into Christ, you were baptized into his death. That means you died to sin, it says. You are completely forgiven, and now you have given up control of your life, and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus. And as soon as you do that, he says, you die. He says, but if you have been baptized into his death, you have also been baptized into his resurrection so that you can live a new life. So the only person that actually fully comes alive is the one who gives up. we just sang it right. I I lift my hands. I surrender everything to you. Guess what? When you do and you're dead to yourself, you come alive. And that is a spiritual principle. And we know it's true. When you put a seed, a seed must go into the ground and die if it's going to make it. And it's true about your soul too. Now, for all of us in this room, if you're a Christian, that's what we are. We are people who put our faith in Christ and we've been baptized into dead. We are dead to sin and we are filled with his spirit. So we actually are alive to God. And that's called the church. We're the church. they are people who have been baptized. So look at Ephesians chapter four and here's what it tells us about this body, about us right here. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we, the body, the church, will grow. To become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head and that is Christ. From him, from Jesus, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. What should be happening to the body of Christ? When you're alive, you multiply There should be growth happening. Both, again, in looking like Jesus, increasing to look like Jesus. But again, if you look more like Jesus, (laughs) then you just love everybody. You're completely done with yourself. And now you're impacting the world. And in this verse, if you can put it back up there real quick, what does this say that we're doing? The church is speaking the truth in love. Okay, We're joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Can I just ask you a question? Are you... Are you joined and held together here? I mean, we, we, we promote life together all the time. This is why. Because you're a part, if you're a Christian, you're actually a part of the body of Christ. But if you don't get joined and held together, it's like you're the cell that's not part of your body. Those don't live. The only way we actually work is if we're connected to each other, loving each other, and each part is doing its work. And then he says, what happens That body, the church, that's loving each other and everybody connected in, that's giving away their life, you increase in Christ-likeness. You mature. And you increase in impacting others and you grow. You guys, I'm just telling you this. They go together. They just go together. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That was Kip's story right? So for years, Kip was just going to church and just hanging out. And then eventually he finally realized, it's like, wait a second. Jesus said, come follow me. He goes, I'm not following him. I go to church, but I'm not following him. And then as soon as Kip started following Jesus, what happened? If you know him at all, both he and Angie, Christ went to work. And then he says, and I'll make you a fisher of men. I'm going to make you somebody who isn't about yourself anymore. You're going to totally go outside, and you're going to impact the world. And that's when you come alive, you guys. Hey, so I'm just going to promote this here right now. February 22nd is our Ignite Conference. That ignite on that day from 8:30 to 2:30, right in this place. I cannot tell you; don't miss this day because that's what we're going to go through right there. How does what happens? Come follow Jesus totally surrender him, and then he'll make you, you'll grow, and you'll become fishers of men. You will become fully alive. And when you're fully alive, you're going to multiply. So just stop and ask yourself a question. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, stop and ask a question. Answer this question. Is your life a stream of living water that's actually flowing out to other people? Because that's what Jesus said. If you believe in me, streams of living water will flow from within you out to other people. Are you multiplying? Are you growing? Becoming more like him? That's when you're really going to live. So man, go to our app today. Go to the website today and sign up for Ignite on Saturday, February 22nd. And we are going to totally engage as a body and engage with Jesus Christ and hopefully he'll change us. All right? So, what happens then? How does this multiplication happen? Look, there's two things I want to show you. The first one is this. Disciples multiply disciples. Disciples multiply disciples. And that's how we come alive. Here's what Jesus said at the end of his life in Matthew 28. Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples. Okay? Now, the first thing he establishes is what? I'm in charge. Everybody get that? Okay? All of us who are Christians, is Jesus, your Lord. He says, if I'm your Lord, then all authority has been given to me. And here's what I want you to do. Go make disciples. So I'm just going to ask you a really poignant question. If you're a follower of Christ and you've been one for a while, you're not just getting your roots down, you've actually grown and you've been a Christian for a while. Are you personally making a disciple? And here's what I know. And we've been looking at this. We're going to look at this all year long. Because the truth is, most of us, I have spent, this is embarrassing, I have spent many years in ministry teaching Leading small groups, helping people, and yet not actually taking people and making them a disciple. It's relationship to be able to do that. And he says, you know how the church grows? Remember? Remember how I did this? I am God, and I showed you how the church actually grows. I pour my life into 12 people. And then those 12 people with my life go off, and then the multiplication happens. So Jesus said, I have authority, if you're a Christian, I'm going to tell you. In 2020, you guys, our job, our vision at K2 is to invite every one of you and to equip you to live out the adventure of following Jesus. But if we follow Jesus, that means we look like him and he made disciples. And that's how the church actually multiplies. It's how it gets grows in its maturity because we speak the truth and love to each other. We're joined and held together, and we're speaking that to each other. So we become more like Jesus, and then we actually grow. And you know what's been interesting to me is I know sometimes people have a real hard time. Like we talk about the church growing, and they're like, man, but that just seemed like church growth. But you guys, when the Holy Spirit, right? When the Holy Spirit filled Peter and he spoke, you know What happened? The Lord added to their number 3,000 people when the Holy Spirit filled Peter. When the church actually started in the very beginning and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were loving each other and they were united, you know what it says happened? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's what we got to remember. God is absolutely in love. He created every person out there. And so that's why he said, I'm going to fill you up because I came to seek and to save what is lost. So now I'm going to fill you up with me and I'm going to equip you and you're going to go and make disciples. So that's our goal. This year, we're going to be equipping you with everything we have to actually follow Jesus, which means look like Jesus, and Jesus makes disciples. Okay? So disciples multiply disciples. Now let's get to loving Utah and churches multiply churches, churches multiply churches. I remember way back when I was, uh, I was only like 24 and, uh, I was doing youth ministry at a small town in Ohio and my brother calls me up and he says, Hey, there's a guy who wants to plant a church in the suburbs of Detroit and he would love to do it with a youth guy. And I think you'd be great. I'd love to connect you guys. Can I just be, so my brother tells me, he wants to plant church. I had never heard of planting churches before. That was a, I mean, I'm like, and then I thought about it, I'm like, okay, I guess every church that exists at some point had to start, but, the, but, but this was 1989. And I remember sitting there thinking, I didn't know people planted churches. I didn't know they actually started churches. And I'm gonna say, in the last 30 years, there has been a swelling of church planting. But you guys, this is the book of Acts. When you read what happened after Jesus rose from the dead, the church expanded. So look at this in Acts chapter 13. It says, now in the church at Antioch, and by the way, Antioch is the first place where people were actually called Christians. Okay, The church, it was the first time people were called Christians. It was a group of people together like us. He said, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mennaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. This happened over and over and over again. And what's crazy, you guys, is so so the church at Antioch, they weren't saying, no, we need everybody here. They actually took their two stars of the church, Saul and Barnabas, and said, go. We've got a church here. We have a community. We're being taught. We love each other. We're good. There's a bunch of people who don't know Jesus. So the Holy Spirit, again... When Jesus is alive, when you're fully alive, you multiply and you go. And they started churches all over the world. So last year, almost exactly about a year ago, I went up to a conference in Boise, Idaho, called Exponential. Exponential is an organization that plants churches. They're they're probably the largest church planting. um, They do conferences and trainings to help people plant churches. So I went up there, and I'm going to be totally honest with you. One of my prayers to God was just to say, "Jesus, um, I know you've called me to lead this place, but I got to be honest with you. I feel like my vision's a little foggy. How many of you ever driven in the fog? When you drive in the fog, you're like, you know, and you're and I just told him, I said, I can't lead K2 in the fog. So. Either, here's the baton, either give it to somebody else who can take take K2 to the next level, or clarify my vision. So I go to this conference, and right before we started the conference, there was a breakout session on multiplication. And this guy, Larry Walkemeyer, never heard of him before, isn't that a great last name? Walkenmeyer. Uh, But he's a pastor in Long Beach, California. And he did a session on multiplication. After an hour, we had a break. And I called Susie and I said, okay, I can come home right now. I got all I needed in that first hour. And here's what Larry said. He said there was a time when God told him, it's like, you know what, Um, Larry, your church is a lake. It's a big body of water. He goes, but your church isn't supposed to be a lake. Your church is supposed to be a river. Streams of living water are supposed to go from you. And then he said God led him to Ezekiel chapter 47. You all know Ezekiel 47, right? Yeah. (laughs) I do now. And I'm going to read this to you, okay? So just bask in this. Look what happens in Ezekiel 47. It says, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, okay? Now the temple, again, is where God's presence is. It's where God is. This is absolutely tied to Revelation 22 at the very end of the book of the whole Bible. It says, from the throne. So again, when Jesus Christ is actually your Lord and from his presence, look what happens. I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and he led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was trickling from the south side. So from the temple, there's a trickle of water. Now remember what Jesus said. If you believe in me, streams of living water will flow from you. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. Now that's that's almost six hundred yards, okay? About, about six hundred yards. And then he led me through water that was ankle deep. It's not trickling anymore; it's growing. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and he led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I couldn't cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. And he asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Do you see this? From God's presence, when Jesus is on the throne of your life, trickles of water go. And I was sharing this with Susie, and she said, And notice what happens. Isn't it interesting? that the water gets deeper and more raging the farther it gets. It didn't start off to a trickle. No, for some reason, when you take the presence of God and you go, and you go, and you make disciples, one person becomes two and two becomes four, and four becomes eight, and eight becomes 16, and 16 is 32. Did you know if you kept doing that for 21 years, just 21 years, you know what the number is? 1.5 million people. And so he's saying, do you see this? And I'm sitting there going, yes. And then he says, then he led me back to the bank of the river. And when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. In Revelation 22, it says the tree of life is on each side of the river. And he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down to the Arabah. this is awesome, where it enters the Dead Sea. Anybody, who, anybody ever been to the Dead Sea? Okay, isn't it awesome, Will? I mean, you literally, you know, here in the, in the great salt lake, you can lay there and float in the dead sea. You can sit just like this because it is dead. This river flows to the dead sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows and there will be, wait, let me, wait, that's, that's key. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So wherever the river flows, everything will live. Everything will live where the stream goes. That's why Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. I'm on the throne. If you listen to me, if you actually follow me, then go and make disciples. Multiply yourself, and you will live. And when you live like that, then everything you touch lives. And this is Jesus Christ's plan, man. Three, 2.3 billion people started with one person, holy he was but filling 12 people holy with the Holy Spirit. And now what would happen in this room? What would happen in us if we did that and streams, little trickles, went to ankle deep and went to knees and everything that we touched filled it. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi and Eglium. There will be places for spreading their nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They'll be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both sides banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fall. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. And Larry said, he felt like God told him this. He said, Larry, my river of life church will go places your lake church will never go. My River Life Church will go places your lake church will never go. You know, what? the church grows. Kensington, our church back in Detroit, it grew. It just grew. But you know what they're doing? They're multiplying and they're going out. Can I just tell you why? Why church plant? Why is it important to actually plant churches? Let me just give you some hardcore facts, okay? These These are statistics that people have figured out. Church plants, new members, when you start a church and you have a new plant, 60 to 80% of the people who attend were not going to church before. 60 to 80% of people in church plants were people who weren't going to church anywhere before. Isn't that what we're trying to do? See, the river's supposed to go to the Dead Sea and make things come alive. This is interesting. Four times more people come to faith in Christ through church plants than through existing churches. Statistically, they just see that. When you move from the, from the core and you go out as a river, it gets bigger and raging and life happens. And I just know, man, that was my story. Like, look at here, Like, right? So Kensington's this great church out in Detroit, Michigan, but God gave a call To plant and they supported us and we came out here and we did this and I want to tell you right after we planted I felt God very I was actually at an exponential conference again I was flying back and I'm on the airplane and I felt like God said to me very clearly David I want you to care about every church that gets planted in Salt Lake and not just your own so that's what I've been doing for 15 years I've been trying to be faithful to that and so back in 2012, we actually started up this ministry called Loving Utah. Where's Mike Menning? I know he was here. Is he not in here now? Up yeah. in, in the back? Okay. If you guys, how many of you know Mike? How many of you know Mike Menning? All right. Quite a few of us. Yep. Give it for Mike. Mike was a pastor in the area who eventually felt a call. He retired and then he felt a call to care for pastors. Started to think I'll pastor the pastors. We go have coffee one day and he says, hey, Dave. He goes, I'm meeting with all these pastors, but the ones who need it are the church planters. Can I tell you guys, it is hard. It's a hard place to plant. And so when people come out here, we have said, if you you feel the call of God on your life and you get out here, then we're gonna do everything we can. We're gonna love you. We're gonna support you. We're gonna pray for you. We're gonna network you. We're gonna pour into you to help you understand this culture. And because we wanna see every one of you survive, first of all and then thrive, and then multiply, and you know what's cool? When I planted 15 years ago, I didn't even know. There was a couple others, but I didn't even know anybody who was planting but me. There were some, but I didn't know anybody. There was no community of that, and now 15 years later, when we hold a loving Utah Summit, there's 85 to 100 people who are showing up. Yeah, that's just 15 years later. God is moving, and he's working. Why? Why? Because there's 1.7... I don't know how many million people... Is K2 going to reach 1.7 million people? No! The only way it's going to happen is we need to put ourselves out there. So we are the number... K2 is the largest supporter of Loving Utah. Dave Elsog, who is the children's director here, the executive pastor here. You guys know that. We put him out and we support him so he can give his time and his effort to make this happen. Why? Because... When you're alive, you multiply. You don't think just about yourself. You give yourself away, personally and as a church. And that's why we're doing this.